Well, good morning. Welcome to Spruce Grove Community Church. We're going to get started. Congratulations for getting here on time. Now, uh, the Bible says his mercies are new every morning. God is so diverse and so infinite in who he is. You could have a life-changing experience every day and never have the same one again, ever, ever, ever. We were just talking about the fact that uh, this morning that it feels like God wants to introduce us to something that we've never seen or felt or heard before. But what we, our tendency is to always expect what we know. And Friday morning we were praying and um, Jenna Lotes had a prophetic picture. She had a picture of this cookbook, a recipe book. And she said, like most recipe books, there are parts of the book that are well used. They're go-to recipes. There's, they're the things you just know and you're familiar with. And she said, but I saw other parts of the book that were so unused that, you know, the, the pages were sort of stuck together, sort of like a new Bible. You know how the, it's got that seal on the edge, and so you have to almost break open sections, and that uh, there's that stickiness to it. So there's new pages that have never been turned to before. And so, how do you make sense of that? What, do, what does that mean for us? What do we do about that? Huh. I guess the problem is that we don't know how limited we are in our expectations. We say, you know, because the Bible says that we don't walk by sight, but by faith. And yet we do walk by sight. We do, we, do, we do go to the familiar. We are hemmed in by the limitations, the, the degrees of the dimensions of our experience that we've had. And so I'm asking God for a unique grace to break us out of that. How can we ask him for what we've never known? I believe it's in your spirit to do so. I believe your spirit has been made for new experiences. Your spirit has been made to long and to reach out to God for more. So, Father, we just, we say, Father, I pray that the fullness of what is possible, even what you've already deposited in our spirits, in terms of faith, in terms of the, the uh, exploring nature the cor courageous, exploring nature of those uh, adventurers who crossed the worlds to find new worlds and went against the grain of all the fears and the conventional wisdom and knowledge of their day and said, no, there's something in here. And they, they, they 
press through thresholds of geography. They press through thresholds of medical science and knowledge. They, Lord, we went to the moon. We, we've, we've gone over because somebody saw that something was possible. So, Father, out of our spirit, may something become possible for us today. Lord, I pray that a, an expectation would rise up in our spirit this morning to meet you, to see you, to experience you. Lord, that we're not thinking about just getting through this morning and going on with the rest of our day. But Lord, this is a time set aside to seek you. And we want to seek you. And more importantly, we want to find you. We want to see who you are more than yesterday. And proclaim my love for him. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, 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 Jesus. I wonder if we could pause here for a second. This last week, uh, I suddenly remembered an experience I had in Central America a few years ago. And I was, I was standing in the service and I was ministering. And while I was ministering, I suddenly had... Uh, a vision while I'm speaking and I sort of watched this thing unfold and it was this door to heaven that opened up in this beautiful glowing orb of light and beauty I mean it just it just became rolling out and it rolled through the room where I was and it was it was stunning and as it rolled away we began to follow it and uh, and we we followed that that thing, and as it went, it was actually releasing the light. The things were coming off of it, and it was imparting as it went. But it, it got further and further and further and further away from the place that it came from, which was that gate of heaven. And uh, as as people followed it, it uh, it got increasingly less glo glorious, and it to the point where it was just this frame of a ball and all the light and all the glory and everything was gone. It was just this structure that once held something. But suddenly it was out in the wilderness place and people were wondering, well, what happened? And they decided they needed to give it a push to get it going again. And they, they pushed that thing and then it started to roll. But it was under their strength, and it started to roll down a hill a little bit, and looked like it now was gathering its own momentum. But it was all—it was all false. It wasn't really moving anymore. And the whole objective of that message was: what's important is, is what's coming out of the gate next, and that there are people who are following the orbs, the things that God releases into the earth wherever they go. But the thing is, you're only supposed to grab something from it as it's passing by, not follow it. Because there's something else coming out of that gate. 
And there's a people that are postured at that gate who are going to be a part of opening that gate and releasing something else new. And I believe that when you think about the recent history of the church and even recent revivals in the last 200 years, what you had was a door to heaven open and something was released into the realm of the earth that changed the church. But I'm telling you that in as much as maybe four or five of those things have entered the church in the last 200 years, in the next 50 years, there's 10 times that amount waiting to pour out. But it's going to take a people who are fixated on heaven, who are fixated on not what has been done or has come out, but what is coming out next. So, Father, we want to, we want to be that people that are postured at the gate of heaven, who are hungering and thirsting for everything that you're pouring out, who are making a way where there is no way. And, Father, we ask in the name of Jesus that even now, as we set our love upon Jesus, that our eyes should be firmly fixed on things above. Lord, we turn our eyes toward things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. We say, Lord, let the heavens open. Let the heavens open. And let your hand release in this day, in this hour, what you long to release. Lord, we look to you. We look to you. Just continue, just continue pressing in. I feel like even the words I'm trying to use to praise God are empty. I feel like all the, all the tools I have in my belt as a Christian are not sufficient for this moment. I feel like, and I believe what God is doing is saying, what I'm bringing to the earth, you don't even have a language for. You don't have no frame of reference for. But in your spirit, there's something in your spirit that wants to bypass what you know. The expressions you know are not sufficient for what I'm bringing into the earth. So let that, let that hunger, there's a deep that cries out to deep inside of you. Deep in your spirit, there's a hunger and there's a knowing. And so even if, even if you just have to pray in the spirit, even if you just have groans of intercession, release that, but try as much as you can to focus. Focus on heaven, focus on God, focus on Jesus. Say, God, we don't know what it is you want to do, but we want it. Lord, we want it. We don't know. We don't know, but we want what you have. Just let your affection pour out on Jesus. He's standing before you with his arms open and beams of light coming from his fingers like the vision in the Old Testament that one of the minor prophets had. Just bless him. Last week when Kim Wheeler was here, he challenged us sharing part of the vision that he had from his book he called The Room where he had an open vision 
of this room that he was in with Jesus. And there were so many dynamics about it, but he said, he said, this room was a room for fellowship. Part of the message was that people stopped coming there for fellowship. And some would come and sort of just drop off their prayer needs, and some would actually just throw them in the general direction of that room. And they lost the ability to commune with Jesus. I believe that there are people in this room who've lost their first love, that the sweetness, the hours, the time you used to spend just you, uh, like a river of love flowing out of your heart towards Jesus. And it was all you needed. It was all you needed. And there was this reciprocal. You gave out and you received. And you gave out and you received. And somewhere along the way, the beauty, the intimacy, the proximity of that connection diminished and diminished and diminished. And the Lord is seeking to reestablish that with you. But there are others in the room today that you've had a very set point in your journey that you will only worship to a certain point and your mind will not let you go past that. As soon as a as soon as you get away from speaking English words or, or doing things that have tangible routine to them, you start to retreat back to what you know. It's like you go into the water and you go ankle deep and you feel that refreshing. But, you know, no, I don't want to go any deeper than this. And that's part of what it means to be childlike. Children can lose themselves in a moment that adults can't anymore because there's this requirement, I must be dignified, I must be sophisticated, I must be in control in this manner. But David said, no, but when it comes to the Lord, I will make myself undignified. I will abandon myself because I will always be but nothing more than a child in wisdom. I'll be nothing more than a child in, before him. I will be nothing more than a fraction of what he is. So we must humble ourselves. I feel that some of you are stuck because of your sin. And you don't even know it, but your conscience won't let you enter. And you've tried using the idea of grace to ignore your sin. But the procession into the Holy of Holies, you have to cross the path of the labor. And that is the washing with the water of the word. The furniture in the courthouse, in the holy place, in the outer court, 
is all about what enables you to go in and you cannot ignore the stops along the way. You can't pretend the sin is not there, but neither can you satisfy the requirement of the law by obligation or by doing anything to compensate. And so people are stuck in the outer court. Ah, Father, in Jesus' name, we declare only the blood of Jesus can make a way only the blood of Jesus only can redeem my sin. We take the blood, the power of the redeeming power, the redeeming ability that is in the blood of Jesus, and we say, Lord, cover my sin. The thing about affection is we always want it reciprocated to us as much as I pour out. As much as I pour out my affection, I want the person or the individual to, to receive it and then pour it back. And I can feel right now that there's been times when I've poured out my affection to Jesus and I thought, well, maybe he's not receiving it or pouring it back, but I've been looking at it the wrong way. He first loved us. He first loved us, meaning he's been the one pouring out the affection on us the whole time. And he's just waiting for us to reciprocate back. And so, Lord, right now, I pray that the eyes of our mind and our hearts and our spirits would be opened. That we would see that truly you have first loved us and nothing else matters. Because... As much as I pour out to you, as much as I give affection towards you, you're always going over the top. You're always first. You're always returning it way more and giving it way more than I could ever give back so I can release the limits off myself. God, no limits. We pray no limits over our lives that we can pour out fully to you in affection and love in kindness, in gentleness, in self-control. God, we pour out fully because you first loved me. Years ago, it was 1983, I'd gotten into a place where I had begun to believe that if I just did the right things, I could please God. And it, it's not that God didn't want me to do certain things, but I didn't have the ability to do them. And the reason I didn't have the ability to do them is because I had confidence in them. And God was trying to teach me that by myself I could do nothing. And no amount of me trying to measure up would ever succeed, I could never measure up. And there was about an eight-month period where I kept sort of deciding over and over that I, 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 could, I would do this. I would do the things I need to do. After all, I mean, it's just, you just got to want it bad enough. And God decided now, 
no, that's, I need to teach you. It's not about you. And about eight months into this, I ended up at a, a retreat. And I was in, still in Bible school, and we were there, and there's this guy speaking. And, and after he was done speaking, we began to worship again. And suddenly, as I was standing there, I felt this huge distance. And it was like every time I decided that I could get closer to God by strength, I got further. Every time I thought, well, I'll just do this thing. And what I was doing was I was doing this thing, and I was presenting it to him. Here, see? I and that would actually result in me sli sliding further because God resists the proud. God resists the man who thinks he can draw near to God on his own. And then on top of that, three-quarters of the time when I tried to do something, I couldn't do it. So I was always feeling disappointment that I was a failure, that I... And I'd, I'd just be depressed about it. But then I would feel encouraged and I would try again, only to fail. And so as I'm sitting there, I realize I've been stepping back and stepping back and stepping back and stepping back. And now there was this great distance between me and the Lord. And I was so far and I just... I just thought, I need you, I need you, I need you, I just need you, I need you, Lord, I need you. And while everybody is singing, I, I got sat down on my seat and I just, I had this picture like I'm running across the field and I just, oh God, I got to have you. How did I end up out here? What am I doing out here? And suddenly I broke through into this magnificent, presence and it just saturated my being with the most beautiful love and affection perfect love perfect absolute perfect love his eyes were looking down on me and he's saying my son my son my son So I came out of him, not because I deserved, but because I needed him. And I ignored all the things, all the debt, all the things that were against me. What I didn't realize is how far I had stepped back from his presence. We are all in a journey and there are things that separate us from his presence. And God is putting his finger on the things that separate you. Not because he is the author of what separates you, but because he wants to eradicate and remove what separates you. And whether you're a Christian today or not, or whether you're a young Christian or an old Christian or a stale Christian, it's all about the presence of God. It's all about a presence that overflows on your life that you have access to. And if the, the measure of the presence you're experiencing today is not the greatest you've ever experienced, then you are in the throes of God putting his finger on something in your life 
to remove something to bring you to a new threshold. And the only question is not what must you do, but what is it? Is it sin? Is it pride? Is it God? What is this? But his plan is that his presence alone can change you. And if he has to starve that I can do it attitude by you repeatedly failing, then he'll starve that I can do it attitude until there's nothing left. Until you just come anyway. But the offer's there, the door is always open. The blood of Jesus has always made a way. It's always available. And if it's not before you, if you've not entered, it's not his fault. And it's not because he doesn't want you to come near. So, Lord, we say, you are the perfecter of my soul. Some of you are in, a, in the midst of a, a deep work where God is starving something in you and no amount of doing the right thing is going to fix that because there's just a misplaced confidence in your heart and that's going to shift and there's a season when that's going to come to maturity. But for others of you, this is the appointed time that it's just a matter of stepping forward. Lord, We want to live in your presence. I see uh, someone here, and there's an angel with you, but the angel has been just standing there, just standing there for the longest time. And you've, you've felt that a certain dimension of ministry has left your life, but it hasn't. That angel is standing right there, but he hasn't been engaged. There's a, there's a level of faith that's required, a level of obedience in your life that something has been given to you, and it's there, and you're, you're looking for that thing, but it's there. It's right there, right there in your life, and it's never left. Father, we pray, God, that we would prove ourselves faithful. God, that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. Lord, you don't give them one day and take them away the next. So, Father... Lord, let a spirit of encouragement come to us today that, that says that nothing is lost. Nothing is lost. Nothing is lost. Just continue to commune with him. If you're not a Christian today, today is the day for you to say yes to Jesus. The pain in your life, the confusion, the brokenness, is misalignment. But I'm telling you that Jesus standing by, waiting for you to say, I, I want your plan 
for my life. I want what you can do. I've seen what I can do, and I'm broken, I'm hurting, and I'm dying, and I'm ready to follow you. So if that's you today, just bow your head and say, Jesus, I give you my life. Jesus, I give you my life. Jesus, you are the Son of God. You died on the cross. You rose again. And I give you my life. I believe you are the answer. Now, as you're sitting there, some of what you've experienced this morning may even seem contradictory to you. It's because, you know, there's no way to summarize perfectly the journey that we're in. And sometimes, years ago, I remember we talked about the, the platitudes of Christianity where somebody says to you, hold on. And then the next day, somebody, you tell the, your problems to the next person, they say, let go. <laughs> because for some of us, it's let go. And for some of us, it's hold on. It all depends where you are. You know, but we're in a one-room classroom. And we got grades once for university here. Kindergarten through university. And so we're trying to make it interesting for everyone. But let me tell you, I don't really take on that responsibility because the Holy Spirit is the one who's speaking always through the worship, through the different people that pray or exhort or share, through the preaching of the Word. And even within the one message of the Word, the Holy Spirit is saying different things to different people. And it's usually the thing you like or the thing you hate. Hello? That's, your, that's the thing that God is speaking to you. It's either the thing you like or it's the thing you hate. The thing you can ignore, it's not for you. Father, thank you that you're speaking to us today. There's just, a, I just feel this, this presence Thank you, Lord. Just let it penetrate your being. This is a time to receive. Like the glow of a warm fire. Like the rays of the sun. That person laying on the beach. Like the refreshing water of a pool when you're hot soaking into you, touching you. More, Lord. In the name of Jesus. 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 There's somebody here today that regularly experiences a kind of overwhelming confusion 
And I'm telling you, it's a demonic spirit. And I'm speaking to that spirit right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I break your power, your assignment, your right to exert influence over this mind, these emotions, and this life. I say, let your kingdom come, God. Let your will be done in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. The name above every name. The name at which every knee will bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord. He is Lord. Derek just shared with me about Nathaniel. Nathaniel saw Jesus and what he did and he said he said you are the son of man you are the son of God he said do you believe because of this he said you will see the heavens open and angels ascending and descending on the son of man in other words this is the most basic form of heavenly things miracles words of knowledge uh, the supernatural. And all he did was give him a word. He had a vision of Nathaniel at another time, and he was having, he was under a tree, and he, he was either talking to somebody or talking to God, and something, he put something out there, and, uh, and Jesus said, I saw you while you were under the tree. And Nathaniel knew immediately what he had put out at that time. He was referencing something in Nathaniel's life. It was a miracle to Nathaniel. He said, and Jesus said, that's nothing. That's elementary. That's basic. Which begs the question, what's next for you? How can, it, how can we think it's done? How can we think that a miracle is enough or even a healing or even the salvation of a few people? God, we want to be a people Let's see, heaven's opened, angels ascending and descending on the Son of Man. What do you have in store for us, Lord? This is what God wants to do in your faith today. What if there's so much more? What if any, everything, anything and everything you've seen up to now is only elementary? Are you really ready to stop? Lord, keep us from stopping, Father. So prepare us. Now, I want to encourage you. Even though God is omniscient, His presence, His manifest presence is not. When God was manifesting Himself in Israel, He wasn't doing it equally all over the earth. 
when God manifests His presence in a meeting, He doesn't equally do it throughout the room. And the re there's a reason why traditionally when God is moving, people come to the front. And there's a reason why, as Kim shared last week in their traditional church, all the back rows filled up first because there was nothing to experience until the charismatic movement came into that denomination. Then suddenly people were sitting at the front. I want to encourage you, sometimes moving physically forward in a meeting is important. These guys are at the front because they've discovered that. And uh, there's room at the end for you, is all I'm saying. But sometimes we, there are natural reasons why we don't experience more of God in a, re in a meeting, is we're unable to humble ourselves. I, I mean, years ago, I remember having friends when God was pouring His Spirit on Toronto. He said, well, God is omniscient. He could do that anywhere. I'm not going to Toronto. If God wants to touch me, He can touch me here. Can you see the arrogance of that? No, no, no. I will make myself more undignified than this. I must put myself out. He first loved me. The sun shines equally on the coast of Greenland as it does on the French Riviera. It has a profoundly different effect. That man, that Eskimo wrapped up in his animal skins walking in his village on the coast of Greenland is benefiting from the sun. Otherwise, he would be a frozen block. But he's not benefiting from it in the same way as somebody who's laying with almost no clothes on on the beach on the French Riviera. And we say, Lord, make this place like the French Riviera. Oh, let that sun pour in, Lord. Let it have its effect. Let its heat be sensed, Lord. Let everything, all the richness and fullness of the presence of God be experienced here in this building. In fact, here where I'm standing, let it be experienced in its fullness, Lord, we pray. Lord, we want more of you. If somebody has a cry or a prayer, something in their heart that's reaching out to the Lord, I want you to release it now, whether you come up here or just shout it out from where you are. Our times together are meant to be times when we are seeking the Lord. Where we're saying, God, we want more of you. We're not just displaying our ministry gifts here. We're seeking the Lord together. Lord, I just declare that this church will not be swine. That you will cast your pearls upon this church, oh God. That you will pour all your treasures upon this church, oh God. Everything that you have for this church will be poured out because we are not swine. I declare this the day of exploring the unknown. I come against the fear of the unknown. I say this is the day of exploring the depths of heaven. I say this is the day of exploring the depths of God. I say this is the day to set out your voyage. I say this is the day to test the water. I say this is the day to swim past the buoy and leave nothing for the return home. God, break the fear of the unknown. 
break the fear of leaving something in the tank for coming back. Let us swim beyond our energy. Let us swim beyond our strength. Let us swim beyond our safety. Beyond. Beyond. Oh, beyond. The great beyond. How much greater is your beyond than the beyond of the confines of the earth? How oh, we break the fear of the unknown. Now is the time to explore. Now is the time to explore. Now is the time to explore. that have not been seen before are about to be seen. Things that have not been comprehended before are about to be comprehended. Visions beyond any picture ever painted or taken. Sights rising up from the ground that have never been tested. New plants are coming up. New days are rising with new life. Now is the time to explore. God, send forth your light bearers into the darkness. Send forth your light bearers into the reaches unknown. Send forth your light bearers in the days of now. Send them forth. Oh, there's realms. There's lands. There's universes opening up to those that would go forward. Come forward. Come forward. The day of the new explorer is upon us. The days of the new adventurer in the spirit is upon us. There's new sounds coming to the church. I am telling you, there's new songs and new sounds and new expressions. The things of the old are passing away and all things are becoming new. We break through the walls. We break through the walls of religion in this day. Religion, take a back seat. Religion, break before us. There is a generation of young people about to come into the church. A generation of young people that are seeking something more. God, let the explorers rise up in this day. You know, I, I know that sometimes we feel discouraged because we're looking for more of God and we think, well, how long is it going to take? But you have to realize that the work is being done and the sense of momentum is what tells you something's being done, not the fact that you're getting the result you're looking for. So when they're digging, a, I just heard about this tunnel through the mountains. It was like 10 kilometers through the mountains in Switzerland. And I mean, it's taken years and years and years for them to dig through that mountain. Now, because they're removing rock every day, they know momentum is being made, but everything that they do is repetition. Day after day, after day, after day, after day, after day, they're building a tunnel. But they know it's gotta come out somewhere. They know it's gotta come out somewhere. 
And this is what we've been trying. The people that can seek God for something new are in touch with the fact that there is momentum with, to what they're doing without seeing a result. Jesus said, who touched me because he felt power go out from him. He knew something significant happened because of the power, the movement, the momentum. Your spirit activates and releases things. That's, that's what tells you something is worthwhile, not the fact that you get out the other side of the tunnel. Because otherwise, God can only give you two-inch tunnels because you'll always have to see a result. Well, there's, there's little value in two-inch tunnels. But there's value in things that are beyond your comprehension. And so very few people can labor for the labor. For He says, says, don't labor for that which is seen, but labor for what is unseen, the heavenly manna. So, Father, give us that diligence, God, that we can be a part of building a habitation, creating a portal between heaven and earth, establishing the gate of heaven. Oh, Father, Father. Oh. We declare in Jesus' name. We say no to that spirit of unbelief that says, I must see a sign. Otherwise, I do not believe in the validity of this. Father, we repent for being those who seek a sign. Father, you said an evil and adulterous generation seeks a sign. God, we want to be faithful in our generation. We want to be faithful to seek you and say we know there's more and we will not relent. We will not turn back. We are believing for the salvation of our community. We are believing for the cascading presence of God that will arrest the worst of the worst and cause them to be changed. Uh, a manifestation that will arrest the best of the best. That will touch the poor and the wealthy alike. Uh, God, pour out your spirit. Oh, stretch forth your hand and do miracles, signs and wonders. Do something that changes this part of the world. Save this nation. We will stand and persevere. Cry out, cry out, and we will cry out. We will cry out, we will cry out. We will cry out, Jesus. We will cry out. We will cry out for our sons and our daughters. We will cry out. And we're not crying out only for our sons and daughters, but we're crying out for everybody who's labored in this house, everybody who heard the promise, everybody who set his hands to the plow, every single one. 
the ones whom the enemy brought devastation to, the ones that Chris met this week from 20, 25 years ago, the ones who heard a sound, who heard a promise, who felt the providence of God over this land, over this place, and who said, God is doing something here. And then when there was a setback, and their children got disillusioned and stopped serving the Lord, and there was division and brokenness and divorces and, and people wandering in the wilderness for years since that time, we say restoration. When this thing breaks, when this thing breaks, it'll reach back in time. It'll reach to past generations and future generations. Everyone who set their hand to the plow, oh, will see. They will see. Restoration, restoration, restoration. Let me, let me say to you, that didn't come from heaven. That came from out of you. We wait passively for heaven to do something for us, but that is in you. And you have authority to release it or not release it, to access it or not access it. That's what Paul meant when he said the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. You have the authority to plant your feet on the ground and say heaven will manifest here. Now, as with everything, if you think it's because of your strength or you're saying the right things and all the rest of it, no, God will resist that. But there's a, there's a manifestation of faith and confidence because I know his spirit is in me and believe. Out of my mouth flows rivers of living water and it cannot but create the atmosphere of heaven on earth. So just before this, this whole thing blew up there, I was starting to feel like I was disengaging. And God just told me to stop and just listen for a second. And last night I learned about something called a water spout. It's basically a tornado on water. But the interesting part is it can start from the water up or the sky down. So in our own strength, we can't do anything. We need to rely on God. But just like Mark was saying, we can create something up to heaven and God brings it down. And these water spouts can make landfall and they can do damage on land. 
So when this all kind of started to flow and, and explode, I could just see all of our voices swirling up towards heaven, and then we made landfall on Spruce Grove. And we went out from the walls and started to do damage against the powers of, and the principalities that would come against God. What I love about, I mean, I love everything he said, but the first part is so significant, I realized I was disengaging. Uh, sometimes I can watch a service and I can see people disengaged for 40 minutes during the worship and 40 minutes in then engage. Let me tell you, the numbers of us that are engaged versus disengaged determine whether this is possible. And all the ministry, the encouragement, the grace of God, the talk about the blood of Jesus, the forgiveness, is to get people in a, in a place where they can engage, and those things aren't against them. But even at the end of that, there's still a question of focus. And uh, what God is looking for is volunteers for the day of his power. And one of the things about volunteers is you have to say, okay, I'm willing. And what I said years ago to the Lord is, I'm willing to be taught. I'm willing to, when I'm not engaged, whether it's people or you, Lord, you come and you tell me, what are you doing? And I am very careful about, and sometimes I step over and, and try and engage people who don't want to be engaged. But let me tell you, the manifestation of the kingdom of God is subject to your desire. He has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, and he's waiting for a people who say, I'm willing to be engaged. And part of your journey is God putting his finger on all the things that cause you to be disengaged for 40 minutes, 90 minutes, a week, a month, a year. In the case of some people, they're disengaged for 5, 10 years. And so the, the, fellow, the, the testimony I was sharing a minute ago was about people from 20 years ago, before I, long before I ever came here. But I've seen it over and over and over. But if we just say, God, I'm willing. I'm willing. I want to be accountable. I don't want to just be along for the ride here. I want to be a part of what creates momentum. There's always going to be people who are along for the ride, and we can't stop that. And some won't have the ability to be continuously engaged. But most of us do if we just allow ourselves to be trained. And that's the, that's the part where one day we're going to stand before the Lord. He's going to show us what could have been done here. Oh, I, I was waiting for you, Lord. And I was waiting for you, he says. So, Father, we, we don't want to grow tired of the tunneling. Sometimes it seems repetitive and monotonous and the enemy starts whispers into our, whispering into our ear, what's the point? I mean, isn't that what Jesus said? Men will rise up and say, uh, things have been since they've always been. What's the, the exact scripture? You know, from the beginning of the foundation of time, things have always been like this. And it's a spirit of vanity. 
that says all is vain. It's, it's pointless. Things continue as they've always been. What are, you, what are you putting yourself out for? And that spirit comes around again and again and again, tries to gather sympathy by depressing you, create a sense of, ah, oh, what's, what's, what's the point? And sometimes if you even have a larger grid of the people that have put their hands on the plow here and been taken out and some, many of them aren't even serving the Lord today, you think, man, what's the point? I'll tell you what the point is. There's a generation that's going to overcome. There's, there's a generation that's going to break through. There is a manifestation of the glory of God that's coming to the earth. And if it isn't me, it's going to be my children or my children's children. I don't care. But I am putting my hand to the plow. And if I'm either going to be here as a part of the witness or I'm going to be in the cloud of, of witnesses, but I will witness it. And I want you to pray with me right today. Say, I will witness this. I will witness this. One more time. I will witness this. So... Um, I want to practically communicate how this looks. Um, are we becoming good engagers to within these walls be really good at engaging? Well, I'm really good at engaging within the walls of Spruce Grove Community Church. That's not actually what we're aiming for. This, see, if it takes 40 minutes to engage in this safe place, there is the world that we are in for 99.2% of the rest of our life. And God's going, so here, I'll, I'll give you the example for me practically. I've spent 17 years up here on a microphone having moments of playing and God going, sing this, say this, and me going, oh, ah, oh, and I'm not engaged. Oh, I better engage. And testing, okay, I'm hearing, I'm releasing. That that is engagement. Engagement isn't just to leave here and go, yay, we engaged. There's a whole other step where God's going, when you're out there at work or when you're beside a human being you don't even know, I want to be so connected with you. I want you to be so tapped into my heart, so engaged that you are moved by me giving you, you need to say this. I was in Costco yesterday and I saw a larger girl in the lineup and I'm there with my family and my kids and I look at her and I thought man she's beautiful I walked over to her and said hey I made sure Jenna was with me but I said hey I looked at you and I thought you're beautiful so you're beautiful and she was like thanks I was engaged in hearing the Lord we're training here not to be the best engagers in here but to engage so that once we step out once we step into the literally the rest of what we do God can speak and we can act this is the training to do that we're not trying to be the greatest church at engaging that doesn't even make sense it is to a purpose that his kingdom would literally manifest on the earth one of the greatest things about a human being that i believe god put in them is that they have life in them and they can give life to somebody else it's a miracle it's a miracle but if it takes 40 minutes to engage here you're not even going to engage all week that's why there's got to be the practice here and that by extension is sons of god are led by the spirit not just in a worship service this is just the absolute easiest place 
for it to happen. You don't need to prove the legitimacy of it, yet still, isn't that what we challenge, we're challenged with constantly? So Chris, come here. Chris is going to uh, wrap up the service today and share about the, the chili dinner, offering, announcements. You know what, let's just give the Lord a clap offering. That's just awesome. Man. Ushers, why don't you come forward as we take the tithe and offering, but you know what, if you're, if you're working through some stuff and struggling through some stuff today, that's okay. Uh, I just encourage you to present it to the Lord, right? Don't stay stuck in that spot. Don't, don't stay stuck in, I don't get this, I don't get that, I'm not functioning here. Uh, I'm not... I'm not trekking. I would encourage you to come and talk to the pastoral team here, uh, but even just talk to the Lord about it. Ask him, what is that about? What are they doing? Uh, even if you don't understand it, it's okay because you can ask the Lord and he's going to show you this stuff uh, because God wants to take us to some amazing places. Do you believe that? That's weak. Do you believe God wants to take us to some amazing places? Amen. He does, right? This is just stage one. I love what Ben's saying. Uh, I could preach for about another hour off of what Ben said because my heart is so for the community and I believe God wants us to take that next step and I'll probably preach on that next month or two. Now, thanks Ben for doing that. Uh, but this is part of it, is learning how to engage with the Father so that in our daily journeys that we can be that light of Jesus Christ wherever we're at, right? We want to be that. And so we need to be able to do it here and it should be easy here. And it's not a negative if it isn't. It's just, it gives us a goal. God, I want it to be easy. I want to be able to function with you in this realm, right? We want that. So, Father, we thank you for just the opportunity to come into your presence today. You're an amazing God. And, Father, we do want to draw closer to you. Uh, we don't want this stuff in the way, God. We want it removed. Uh, I pray even personally, and where we're stubborn in this, God, where we just don't want to shift, where we don't want to change, where we just want to live our lives the way we want to live them, where I'm just too tired, it's, it's too hard, you don't know what I have to do all week. God, just shift our thinking because we want more of you. And ultimately, God, it isn't about the work, it isn't about our job, it isn't about our finances, it's about your kingdom. And it's about a people coming to know the Father in heaven. And so, Father, place that in our heart, that it's so much bigger than our personal pictures at home. And we need to get that vision, God. And so, Father, even as we give now, let us catch into the bigger vision here. It isn't about what we don't have. It's about who you are. And so, Father, we want to give into your kingdom right now because of who you are. And you are a faithful God who meets all of our needs. And so we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have an announcement, come on up. Looks like you have an announcement. You got a trophy. Okay, so we are holding our third annual chili cook-off. We have had four chefs slaving over their chili for the last, I don't know how many days, for a chance to win this. Okay, so, <laughs> so right now they're getting it all prepared, and the judges should go right now, if you know who you are, and um, in about 10 minutes after we find the winner, of the chili, we'll open the doors for the rest of us, and please, you guys, join us. It's totally free, and it's going to be amazing. We have uh, gluten-free options in bread and dessert, and it's all like yummy. Oh, I we don't know. I don't have any. I can't give out anything yet because I know a couple, but I don't know the rest. They didn't give me any information. 
Okay. Join us, please. Free. A couple youth announcements. Um, we're having a youth retreat at Camp Nackman on November 18th to 20th. Uh, it's going to be $140 if you register before November 13th. Uh, we're also going to have a fundraiser on the 6th. It's going to be a bake sale. Paul needs some help with that. Um, so you can see any one of the youth leaders if you have questions about that. And we're possibly going to do some, some bottle collecting as well. So an uh, announcement about Common Ground Nights. Uh, they did start last Wednesday, but if you still want to participate, you can. Uh, there is Sozo and there's Old Testament. They start at 545 and they go till 60, 645 on Wednesday. Sozo is in the Common Ground room and uh, Old Testament is in the dance room. If you still want to register for those, you can. You just need to come to the office, and you can register at the office this week and then be part of that class next week. So uh, you want to come pray for the meal, and then we can do this? Or should we get Cam? Let's get Cam, because Cam looks so good, doesn't he? Come on, come pray, buddy. Father, thank you for your goodness to us. You are ridiculously kind. We bless you for your generosity. We thank you for this meal today. We thank you for all the good that you're doing in our midst, in our families in our city. Please bless the meal, bless the cooks. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, go ahead and line up and go have some chili.